Welcome to The Determined Mom Show, the only marketing podcast dedicated to guiding mom CEOs into tranquility, wealth, and multiplying those precious moments. Welcome to this episode of The Determined Mom Show. Today, we have Canada's only realignment coach, Diana Lockett, with us, and she is going to be telling us how to slow down enough to learn what our body really needs. So welcome, Diana. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's really a pleasure to be here. Yes, definitely. And I enjoyed our pre-call so much months ago, and I'm very excited to be recording this with you. So give the audience a little bit of an idea of who you are, how you got into what you're doing, and your background. Great. Thank you very much for that. So I have, let me go back a long ways. I've been working as a speech and language pathologist for 32 years in the specialty area of augmentative communication, which is working for nonverbal kids. I still do that right now. I do it as a service opportunity where I receive grants from corporations to be able to identify and deliver equipment to kids who are nonverbal in orphanages in Africa. So that's like a passion project that I'm doing right now that I'm loving. And in that journey, I was introduced to yoga. And prior to that, I knew there was some kind of, there's something in me that was just longing to wake up in my life. I was 32 years old. I was married. I had a daughter. I had a nice house. I had nice cars. I did my two trips a year. Something was not feeling settled in my body. And I didn't know what it was. So I started seeking, I I went on the seeking journey. And you know, Rumi, the famous Sufi poet Rumi says that which you are seeking is seeking you. I was looking outside for people to fix me thinking that there was something wrong with me. That was my first mistake. There's nothing wrong with me. I just wasn't living an aligned life. So I did some energy healing, some spiritual healing. I was introduced to yoga. I was introduced to breath work and meditation. And I started incorporating all of those as daily practices. For a while, I still looked for other people to heal me. And I can remember so clearly going to an energy healer in the spring of 2003. And I said to him, I'm going to be off work for three months because I worked for a school board. I'm going to come here three times a week. I'm going to pay you $100 a shot, which was a lot back then. And I want to be healed by Labor Day because that's the time. This is my only time to work on my healing. <laughs> well, thankfully, he's become one of my really good friends. And we laugh about this now. Yeah. What did he say? All, like, for, yeah, like, I'm just, like, you're just, like putting yeah. the pressure on him. Like, okay, I need to be healed by Labor Day. And then yeah. I can move on with my life. <laughs> so first of all, absolutely. I put pressure on him. I was denying self-responsibility. I was like, okay, my healing is up to someone else. So that was one, a big mistake. The other thing is I now know that all healing has its time. And so whatever timeline I have isn't necessarily what's meant to happen. And I also know that healing is a lifelong journey. So I used to say that I'm on a healing journey. Now I just say I'm on a human journey. And it's part of that includes healing. And whatever healing needs to come shows itself to me in the perfect and right time. I don't have to go looking for it. So that's powerful. So at that point, fast forward, I was introduced to yoga. I really loved the healing qualities of yoga. And we didn't have a good loving relationship at first, but we I developed that loving relationship with yoga. For me, it was too slow at the beginning. And then I decided to become certified as a teacher. I opened up a teacher training academy. And I've trained like six or 700 people now in the greater Toronto area to be yoga instructors. And what's different about my yoga teacher training program is it's a personal development program disguised as yoga. 
So people come thinking they're just going to learn how to teach poses and they leave having a really deep relationship with themselves and with each other because it's very much of a heart opening experience. So I continue to do that. And then about six years ago, I realized there's a lot of people who need these teachings, these spiritual and personal teachings, these communities that are really heart-centered and authentic and rich that don't go to yoga. And so I started coaching. And so my coaching program is a blend of spiritual coaching, Eastern philosophy, personal development, mindset coaching, and then really deep embodied practices. And people come to me usually with this question, I don't know why, but I don't feel happy. Mm -hmm. I don't feel joy. Something is missing. I feel like I don't know what I don't want to do when I'm grown up and I'm 55 years old. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that. Yeah. So together we explore, we explore, I give them homework and assignments. I have them reflect on things in their life that are getting in the way, the teachings that they've taken on and believe to be true. Vishen Lakhiani from Mind Valley talks them about this concept called rules and rules are bullshit rules. Mm, I love that. Yeah. What rules are you living by today that aren't yours, but you've been imprinted so strongly to believe them to be real and true that you've taken them on. And not only have you taken them on, but you're passing them on. So you've got this generational pattern getting passed on to you. And then you're passing it forward to your kids who'll pass it on to their kids until one day someone wakes up and says, wait, what do I value? How do I want to leave this world? What legacy do I want to create? Which is nothing to do with my home, my bank account, or my car. It's like, what differences do I want to leave behind? Yeah, what difference do you want to make in the world, right? Difference do you want to make in the world? And the world doesn't have to be that you're on a stage speaking to thousands of people. It could be, what difference do I want to make in my kid's heart, yeah. in their upbringing, in the people that they connect with? You know, there's a study that shows that every time you impact someone, you smile at a grocery clerk, you open the door for someone, you have the potential to impact 256 other people with one gesture, because that's how many people can be impacted if they continue to create impact. Like that's massive. But we get so caught up in our, in our struggles, in our tension, in our stress, in our fears, in our worries, in our anxiety, that we forget why we're here. And I had this conversation this morning with my ex-husband, the father of my child, and truly the love of my life. We had this conversation this morning about how funny it is that we take life and the struggles of life so seriously. And what if we just addressed everything and welcomed everything with a sense of lightheartedness? How could that transform our lives and this moment right here and now, whoever's listening to this, you and I, Amanda, this moment is our life. And so when we take the time to reflect and remember that, I call this the practice of remembrance. I use remembrance as a noun, the practice of remembrance. What do we want to remember? How do we want to show up? How do we want to feel? And that takes us to these practices that help us to slow down. I'll pause and just see if there's anything you want to add or ask. I think 
what you said is spot on. We miss a lot of our lives by focusing on what we have to do next or, you know, that next moment. And I am so guilty of this. And you can ask my husband, you can ask my kids. I do it all the time. And I love this episode. And I love, I was definitely looking forward to it because I knew that there was going to be some things and messages that I definitely needed to hear. And I know that if I need to hear them, then I also know that there are other people out there that are also in that similar stage of life because I'm just in my forties with kids and, you know, I have uh, a busy life and a business and that is basically who the audience is too. So I know that they need to hear all of this as well. And I am excited for you to be sharing it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I will share authentically that I speak to and teach and coach often what I need to hear the most. And I feel super grateful that every day I am presented with an opportunity to coach myself as I'm coaching my clients, as I'm teaching my students, as I'm doing these interviews, as I'm writing my books. I know this seems like it's for everybody else, but I have a strong belief that you are me cleverly disguised as you. And so everything that I share is so I get to practice the remembrance because I also get caught in the struggles and the tension and the worries and the fears. I'm human. Thankfully, I have tools and I have practices and I have a higher knowing because I've been doing this now for 15 years. I understand and I can take a step back and see the bigger picture and say, wait, hang on, hang on. I get to choose how I experience this moment. And I know for people listening, they might say, well, that's really easy to do. You're a spiritual teacher, you're a spiritual coach. Let me tell you, I've had the most incredibly painful year where my husband left our marriage, 15 years of marriage. My father died of COVID. My 15-year-old cat who slept on my belly every night died. And my daughter, who was my best friend and support system when everybody else got pulled away because of COVID, ended up moving 4,300 kilometers, which is about 2,800 miles away. And I supported her doing that. And I found myself faced in probably, and I've had some very dark moments in my life. And thankfully I have my practices because I can take myself out of it. But man, was I in a dark space. Yeah. And the space that I was faced with was the space of grief. It's a lot and of I, loss. A lot of loss. And I know that I had options. I could have distracted, numbed out, ignored it, try to make it go away. And I write in my, I'm releasing a book in the fall with Les Brown. I'm co-writing, co-authoring a book with Les Brown, a motivational speaker. And I'm writing about this. And what I wrote in that chapter was that was an option, but not for me, because I've made a commitment in my life to living a spiritual awakened life. And so I could go to sleep I could, I could binge Netflix. Yeah. Um, sometimes I said, I wish I drank because I don't, but boy, it would have been really nice to have something to numb out that much. And instead, what I did is I turned the mirror of my coaching practice, which is called Realign to Thrive. I turned the lens of my coaching on myself. And I had this deep, immersive opportunity to practice what I teach. And what it is, is to, first of all, to remember that no matter what I'm going through in this moment, I am still essentially a miracle, just like every one of you. Yeah. The R in realign is that remember you're a miracle. 
the odds of any one of us being here is essentially and statistically zero. And yet somehow, thousands of years ago, your ancestral ancestral lineage like just continued to to evolve to the point where you were born. What a friggin' miracle you are. And I'm speaking to you, Amanda, as I'm speaking to me, as I'm speaking to all your listeners, you're a miracle. And that doesn't change when you find yourself immersed in your deepest grief, loss, anxiety, or fears. You're still a miracle. And so we start with that knowing you're a miracle. And then we take a few breaths into our heart space to feel that. Now, the thing is, when you realize you're a miracle, it comes with the realization that everybody else is too. That's what I was just thinking. (laughs) That's my next thought. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who they are, what they've done, what they've done to you, or what you've done. We are all miracles. We were all birthed as these beautiful, innocent babies. And Dr. Wayne Dyer, one of my favorite spiritual teachers who I've had the privilege of being in his presence and crying my eyes out for hours at a time, several times in my life before he passed, he said, the day we were born, our parents looked at our beautiful, innocent, miraculous eyes and said thank you god i'll take it from here and they started to impregnate us with all the beliefs that they wanted us to have because it's all they knew because that was what their parents did and their parents did so there's no blame here this is the path of radical forgiveness and as adults listening to this no matter what was done to you it was done to you by someone who was and is a miracle but they have forgotten and we know the concept that hurt people hurt people And so we have a choice as mature adults, and this is a spiritual maturity that's required. As mature adults, are you willing to step up and say, I decide here and now that the hurt stops here. Wow. So we get to look at our life from this different perspective of I'm a miracle, just like you, just like the person who betrayed you, just like the person who assaulted you just like the person who's sitting in jail and has done awful things that on a human level are incomprehensible, but on a soul level, they're a miracle. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's very profound. And uh, it, it just blows my mind to think of every single person as their own miracle. I've never, ever, ever heard of them or heard of like the soul or the self referred to as a miracle. And, um, thinking of each individual person as a miracle is just, it just kind of, even just as you said it, it like realigned my thought of the world in itself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. My program's called Realign to Thrive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Total sense. So this is our starting point. And then we move into the body because there's a lot of wisdom in the body. And I want to just separate three components of what people consider the body. We have our mind. We are not our mind. We have a mind and our mind has 70,000 thoughts a day on average. That is really busy. Very few of them have to do with the present moment. They have to do with anxiety or regrets of the past or worries or fears of the future. Things that are outside of our control. We can't change the past. We can't control the future. Let me tell you, I have tried really hard. This past year for me was a complete opportunity to surrender, let go of the reins and not control life. Let, not that I don't wake up every day and do my work and show up and cook and eat well and do all the things that are going to keep me healthy and contribute in the world what I know I'm here to contribute. But then there's a certain amount where I can't control it. I have to let it go. So the thoughts that we have, people attach to their thoughts and they believe them to be real. 
like to the point where they'll argue till they're blue in the face. And I've said to my kids from a very early age, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And my 14 year old will argue things with me and I will literally say, okay, where another parent might say, you're wrong, here's the evidence, yada, yada, yada. I'll say, okay, because it's more important for me to have connection than to feel the need to be right because I believe that everybody has their own perspective. And this was another conversation I had with my ex-husband this week. We've been having some really heart-centered conversations in preparation for my moving 4,300 kilometers away and knowing this is our time to heal and to really repair and bring closure to our relationship on a human level. And you know, we understand and we both understand, thankfully, that we have different perspectives of what happened in our relationship. And there isn't one that's more right than another. And yet, again, with the spiritual maturity, can we do the deep forgiveness work to help free us, to free our hearts, to be able to open up in the future or even in the present moment to each other and in the future to another, a different other, perhaps. So the E in realign has to do with exploring your body because we have our mind and even meditation which i've done for 25 years now is about stilling people believe it's about stilling the mind and it's a very monastic practice in other words it was created for monks who sit in caves and don't have a lot to worry about because they just get everything like they're fed they're clothed mm -hmm. they're housed they have to walk and i've been in thailand i've seen the monks they walk around and they come together and they provide blessings Guess what the monks do after those blessings? Because I've been behind the scenes. I kind of took a peek into where they live. They're walking around on their phone, scrolling. Mm -hmm. That's Not interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So even monks are moving away from that monastic lifestyle because they're getting seduced into social media and the distractions of life. And they have created this practice called meditation, you know, for centuries and thousands of years meditation is thousands of years old probably six thousand years old that i know of now when i go back to my yogic teachings and it's all about how do we overcome the mind and that's one practice but then we've got this thing called the body and the body we know keeps the score of everything that's happened to us in our lifetime louise hay of hay house said I think she's the one that termed the body keeps the score. Like it's where we house all our biography. And if we don't deal with our biography, in other words, the things that have happened to us, our biography becomes, yeah, our biology, the things that have happened to us, our biology becomes our biography. In other words, it starts playing out in our life and it plays out in the way that we have judgments and tension and resistance and push in life. So the work that I do is to help people move into their bodies, to recognize where they're holding that. And it's not that we have to go back and explore all of the experiences and events that have happened in our life. People who do therapy can do that. I don't do that. When I first started doing therapy, the first therapist I, I saw, I said, how long are we gonna be here? She said about 10 years, I bolted, I never went back. I didn't have 10 years. Of course I have 10 years, but at the time I didn't feel like I did. I wanted to feel instant relief. People can feel instant relief when they move into their body because they're out of their mind and they're attending to their body in a place where the body feels safe enough to explore in that moment through the practices that we do. And maybe it's not going to last beyond the 20 minutes that we're together or hour that we're together, but slowly they start re with repetition 
they start seeing how much they have control over their healing in their life, how much they can turn their pain into purpose, release the tension to be able to feel the joy and the possibilities in their life, to see that there's a different way of being, that we're not meant to be here to work, pay bills, get tension, anxiety, fears, and die. That in between the day you're born and the day you die, Lisa Nichols calls it, there's the dash. And what are you going to do with that dash? And I love that term. It's that place between the day you're born, when the universe breathed you first, and the day you die where the universe takes your last breath. And can we find our purpose in the middle? And the purpose is, can we live in a kind, loving, judgment-free way? And imagine if everybody did that. But we can't because we've been conditioned and we have these strong teachings that continue, these dualities that continue to get impressed on us through politics, through religion, through society, through media that tells us that who we are is not okay because we don't follow these structures, these dogmas, these beliefs. We don't fit the role. We don't look the part. So we remember essentially we are all miracles and our innate state, our natural state is that of goodness. And then we explore in the body, where does that lie? Where is that truth in the body? This is where we get to slow down and explore. Where in the body am I, can I feel some, something that's relaxed, feels good? Maybe even there's a part of you that feels tense. What does that tension feel like? But recognize that it's just a part. It's not the whole of who you are. You don't have to be identified with it. I have so many people who come to me and say, I've been identified with OCD, anxiety disorder, and PTSD. And I'll say, how's that working for you? It's not. What right. about, there's yes. a part of me, a part of me that has the tendency to get anxious. Okay. What are you feeling in this moment? Well, there's a part of me that feels anxious. Okay. What does anxiety feel like in your body? Well, there's a part of me that recognizes my heart is beating and my palms are sweaty and there's like a nervous movement, energy moving, frazz, like frazzled through me. Excellent. Let's identify a different part. Now keep that part. You don't have to do anything with it. What other parts are running through you? So people start to realize they don't have to identify with the parts as a whole of who they are. They can start to break down that they are billions of little parts. Think of every cell and particle of your body. There are billions of parts that make up the whole of who you are. But what happens is when those parts become identified with who we are, we don't feel whole anymore. And in yoga, wholeness is called pranatva, and it is your natural birth-given state until your parents say, thank you, God, I'll take it from here and start to teach you otherwise. Yeah. It's that premise that, you know, we're born, everyone is born with that same kind of innocence and I don't know what you would call it, but just belief system. Like everybody comes into the world kind of like as a blank slate. And then all of those impressions and teachings and everything from other people are what form us into who we are. And yeah. it's kind of, in my opinion, my responsibility for me to work out of those, that yeah. programming, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much that gets imprinted on us that is told to us but there's a lot that gets imprinted that is unspoken. And that's the generational tension and habits that our parents got from their parents, from their parents. Again, no blame, 
because as soon as you're in blame, you're creating a duality and you're creating tension and you're making it wrong. It is what it is. I had a teacher who said this once. It is what it is. So what are you going to do about it? Yogi. And when you add the yogi at the end, and yoga means yoke or union, it means taking personal responsibility, doing the work that you need to do, the work in quotations that you need to do to feel your wholeness, to feel into your loving presence, to be the person that you want to be in the world, to create the world that you want to create. There isn't anybody listening to your podcast that doesn't have that longing. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to your podcast. They're here because they want to remember something that there's a bigger picture that they're not necessarily always getting, just like me, just like me. So this blank slate gets really early on filled. And by the time we're seven, it's filled and double-sided and smallest font and like it's deeply imprinted and it's imprinted in our unconscious this is the part of us that we're not aware of, below the surface of awareness. Like 95% of us is in the unconscious. And that's where our judgments lie, our shadows, which are the disowned parts of ourselves that we don't want anybody to see because at some point, somebody in our upbringing said, that's not okay. Little girls are meant to be seen and not heard. Quiet your voice. It's not okay to get angry. Be happy. Smile for the camera. Put away that temper tantrum. Nobody wants to hear it. In fact, if you're going to temper tantrum, go to your room to tantrum because in my presence, it's not welcome. All of these create our identities, but so much of it is unknown to us because it's under the level of our awareness. This is unconscious. So part of this deep work is recognizing, literally going into it and saying, what's in there? What are in these dark places that I have not been willing to see? And how can I start to notice them and recognize them and cast a light on them? Not because the light is better, but because as long as there's no light on them, they're still unconscious. So we bring them up to meet the light and we say, wow, inside me lies this whole dark world of anger and grief and judgment and all kinds of stuff that I was never allowed to explore. What if I explore them now, but I explore them consciously? Because if I don't explore them consciously, they sneak up and they come out in unconscious ways. Let's call it road rage. Let's call it yelling at your kids. Let's call it judgments of other people. That's how they show up. So when we go into the body and we explore, we get to explore all these parts of ourselves and they lie dormant in the body. And then we realign is to remember, explore, accept and acknowledge, like give it a label. Oh, I notice this tension. I notice this tingling. I notice I have butterflies in my belly. I notice my shoulders are tight. I notice my palms are sweaty. So you talk about what we call the somatic, which is the soma means body, the somatic sensations. Sensations are the language of the body. Forget about labels. Forget about anxious. Forget about angry. Forget about happy. Those are mind labels that we've been taught and put in nice, by the way, in nice lists. Here's the good list of feelings, emotions. Here's the bad list. Ignore yes. the bad list. There come the shadows because we don't want to feel those because we've been told they're bad. They're just all feelings. They're part of our human experience. It's what we do with them that makes them good or bad. But yeah. feelings are not good or bad. They're just feelings. The body experiences feelings as sensations. We go into the body, we explore, we acknowledge, and then we let it be. We don't have to change anything. The fact that you are aware of what's happening in your body is you bringing conscious light into that space. Mm. And the research shows that in 90 seconds, once you bring attention to your sensations, 
they start to morph, transform. 90 seconds, you're feeling tightness in your belly. As soon as you identify it, you say, oh, I have tightness in my belly. And then you could take a breath. My chapter of my recent book, getting released on Friday, well, I guess this is time stamping us, getting released on May 30th, so this will be aired after, is called Breathe and Everything Changes. Because when we move into tension, we forget to breathe. Mm -hmm. And when we don't breathe, here's what happens to the third part of our being, which is our nervous system. We literally shut down our nervous system, which is the communication network between the brain and the body. We shut it down and we hold in the tension. And then something else will happen in life. Like this starts early. This starts at age two when you're having a temper tantrum and parents say, stop it, go to your room. All of a sudden we get the message, oh, my self-expression isn't welcomed. I need to shut that down. So we shut down that part of ourselves. And then all the tension that we've had and the undigested or unprocessed experiences of our lifetime literally kink and shut down our nervous system, which is our life force. It's the system that connects our body to our brain, but we shut it down. So we don't have access to our body because the network to connect it, to give it language, to bring it into awareness and consciousness is shut down. So we live from this limited perspective of our mind. And we so, I'm coming back to this conversation, we so believe that it's the right, the, the only thing that defines us. Yeah, that's true. But if you look at your body, your head, of which your brain is in, is literally like 10 inches of your body. And most people are over five feet. There's a whole lot of body beneath that. But mm -hmm. we don't attend to it. Yeah. When we go through the realignment process, the real, remember, explore, allow, allow and acknowledge, and then let it be, and even maybe love it, that's the L. It then opens up a portal to the IGN in realign, which is what inspired pop-up? What intuitive wisdom does your body or mind want you to know right now? And when people come into this relaxed, slow state, all of a sudden there's a wisdom that comes through. I need to breathe more. I, I have this passion that I've been unexpressing in my life, this longing to do a business, this awareness of how I want to parent, this way of being of how I want to be in relationship with another. That wisdom comes through but it can only come from a relaxed state from inside you, not from someone else. The G is gratitude. What are you grateful for in this moment? There's always something to be grateful for. And gratitude is a practice that allows you to, it's one of the few practices that allows you to attract more of the same. Mm -hmm. The more you can practice gratitude, the more gratitude you get to practice. You have more things you have to be grateful for. And the N is what do you need? And I'm really clear when I work with women, my primary audience are women. When I work with women, it is so easy for us to deny our needs because we are so used to caring for others. And we make our self-care the last thing to the point where, go back to that two-year-old who had a temper tantrum because they wanted a cookie and mom and dad said, no tantrums allowed in our presence because we don't have the capacity to deal with them. So please go to your room, not even usually a please, go to your room, that's not okay. So that little two-year-old learns to shut down their need. The need at that time was to express themselves. Yeah. Instead of parents saying, come on over here, take a few breaths, I'm with you. 
This is what I did intuitively with my kids. My daughter's 23 before I even had stepped onto this journey. This was my intuitive knowing. She doesn't need to be pushed away. She needs to be brought in. She doesn't have the capacity to self-regulate. So I'm going to co-regulate with her and help her breathe and be present in this moment. Mm -hmm. Somehow I knew to do that. No one taught me, but I knew to do that 23 years ago. So when kids are brought into co-regulation, they stay in connection with what they need. When they're told, come on, I'll breathe with you. I'll be with you. We'll be in this together. Yeah, this really sucks. I can see you're really upset. But instead, we send them away, expecting them to be able to self-regulate. Well, kids can't self-regulate. Yeah. If they could, they would. Yeah, and then they wouldn't have the meltdowns in the first place, right? That's yeah. right. But at a very early age, they learn to deny their needs. So when I take people through this practice of realign, the last question is, what do you need? And people, you know, often our needs are very common. They're very simple. What I hear from so many women is I need to breathe more. I need to rest more. I don't know yeah. if anyone can relate to that, but that's the, probably the yeah. most common one is I need to rest more. Definitely. I need to take more time to care for myself. Definitely. And I think you are hitting a lot of nerves with the audience right now because we're all extremely busy moms. We've got yeah. business going, we've got the kids, we've got the the last year, the pandemic, the homeschooling, the all yeah. of the things that have come onto our plate. And what you're saying is like exactly what we need to hear right now, for sure. Yeah. And the last one is I need to ask for help. Mm. And we are all super moms and super bosses, super women, women printers, right? We, we do it all. And yet by doing it all, first of all, we deny another the opportunity to be giving to us. Mm. Right. Think of it in that perspective. Wow. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then we burn out, we have the potential for burnout. So I coach people to do the realignment process daily. And it gets to a point where you can do it in like, literally three seconds. Wow. Take a, remember your, your goodness, take a breath, feel your body. And then imagine you're in a conflict situation, having an argument with your partner. And you can go into your body and notice what's happening. And remember the miracle that you are, but also that he is. Your mind is going to say, there's no friggin' way. He is so wrong about this. But imagine if you stopped and said, okay, he's a miracle just like me. Feel your body because often the reactions that we have are from our own triggered reactions and have very little to do with the situation at hand because it's the unconscious that comes up running all of our stories that we have undigested, unprocessed stories that he doesn't get me. He doesn't understand me. Nobody understands me. Why can't he hear me? They're old stories. Yeah. But we make them real in this moment. And then we react instead of responding from a kind and loving place. And I'm not saying you don't have to have firm boundaries. That might be your need. Your need might be, I need to have a boundary around this. My boundary is there are there is no way there's no room for betrayal in this con in this in this relationship. Mm -hmm. My boundary is that we need to have a mutual understanding about how we raise our kids together. My boundary is I have a way that is a respectful way of communicating and anything less doesn't allow you to show me that you understand that I'm a miracle. Yeah. So there's there's a way that we can be with each other. And, and when I say with each other, this isn't just a, a romantic partner. This is your clients. 
This is your staff. Yeah. This is your parents, your siblings, your friends, your kids. And you get to be a teacher to it all when you come from your own place of authenticity, of understanding and knowing that this is who you are. You get to teach others and you don't, they don't even know you're teaching them. Yeah. You're being the light in the world. And I love that. Change. I love it. I love it. What advice do you have for moms like me that are kind of stepping into this process yet it's hard to find the time. Like you said, you can get it down to three seconds, right? That takes a while, I'm assuming, because, you know, just going through all of those letters and, and really working through and getting to notice the things in your body and think about the thoughts, find the thoughts, find the feelings. What is your best advice for how we can get started and commit to that practice? Mm -hmm. That's a really good and important question. I'm going to give you a monastic response. Remember the monastic is what the meditation was built upon. If you don't have time to meditate for 10 minutes a day, you need to meditate for two, three hours a day. This is what that response would be. I am living in this human world with all of you. We are all working moms. And so I'm not going to say that to you. What I will say is, can you set, here's a few strategies. Take your notes, your paper and pen out people so that you can write this down. At the beginning of every day, before you get out of bed, before you open your eyes, take three deep breaths. Breathe in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. <sighs> Notice the audible quality to my exhalation. There's a theory called polyvagal theory, which is that when we, if there's a whole, um, a whole bunch of teachings, but one of them is around the vagus nerve, which is a nerve that runs from our brain into our gut. It gets activated or toned or vibrating when we exhale audibly. And that vagus nerve activates what we call parasympathetic nervous response, nervous system, which is the calming nervous system. When you start your day like that, three deep breaths with an audible exhalation, you are setting yourself up to bring calmness into your day. This is the way you start. We don't start by picking up our phones. Don't start by looking at the news. Don't start by reading messages, scrolling Facebook, any of that stuff. The way to set yourself up for calmness and success in your day is breathe. Remember, breathe and everything changes. Then if you can have time to do the realignment protocol, you start, just feel your heart, place a hand on your heart. Remember, you are a miracle. In this moment, explore what are three sensations in your body. I'm aware that the back of my body is heavy in my mattress. I'm aware that my nose is cold. I'm aware that my breath is gentle. Great, you've just done the realign because you don't have to fix anything, change anything, it's just noticing. Now you can go through sort of the real, now you go through the I-N, I-G-N, what is an intuitive pop-up? Not a to-do list, like so many people, the five o'clock miracle club, get up, plan your day, get to do, that is such a masculine practice. We all have masculine feminine energies. That's like the do, do, do. We are doers. If we're entrepreneurs, we are doers. We don't have to do more we actually probably have to do a little less. And this is the doing less. This is allowing flow to move through your day. So what is the intuitive pop-up that comes in this moment? What are you grateful for right now? And what do you need? Once you've done that, you're ready for your day. And that's taken a total of two minutes. And I believe awesome. every one of us can do two minutes. I mean, whatever kids are crying, asking for you, they can wait two minutes. 
Yeah. They can. Yep. The other thing I'm going to encourage is don't watch the news first thing in the morning. The research has shown that when we watch the news first thing in the morning, especially, you know, the reels of news that go over and over, it elevates our hormones, our cortisol and adrenaline levels that are related to fight, flight, or freeze, which is the sympathetic nervous system activation. If we do that first thing in the morning, the research shows that at four o'clock in the afternoon, our states are still elevated. It has set us up for a day of reacting, fight, flight, freeze. So instead, Go about your morning with your family. Wait an hour, two hours. Nothing changes in the news between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Nothing changes. And Very if it's true. really serious, somebody's going to let you know. Yep. So that would be a really great practice is start with breath, do the realign protocol. And that, by the way, is a form of meditation, but it's an embodied form of meditation. It's not a, just a mind meditation. Um, you're, when you're in your body, your mind will naturally relax and calm. So you don't even have to call it meditation. If that's something that you feel I don't do well, cause I can't still my mind. Nobody can still their mind or we'd be dead. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the point. That's not the point of it. And then put down the phone, take away the news for a while, and then you can put notifications so put down your phone first thing in the morning, pick it up a little bit later, but then have it set up for notifications. So every hour, maybe it, you get a little vibration or a ding and you make that your cue to breathe. Three slow, deep breaths. And you'll find that as you start practicing that, you will become more intuitive and connected to your body states and you will start to respond differently to life. Nothing is gonna change outside in the world. It's going to change from the inside out, the way that you respond to life, the way that you respond to your kids. Your kids are going to be having an argument. And instead of jumping in, you'll know to take a breath. And that we started at the very beginning, Amanda, you said, I'm going to talk about slowing down. The breath is how you slow down. You slow down the response time between a stimulus and a response. The stimulus is your kids fighting and your response. You take a breath you have slowed down and you will have a more intelligent way of engaging with them, of being in relationship with them. And this goes for everything. You're in a meeting, you're getting into a high conflict conversation. You have to have that tough conversation. You're about to make a decision that's going to impact your business, whatever it is, take a breath, breathe and everything changes. And the last thing I want to say is what it changes is it changes your entire brain, body, nervous system response, because you literally start to slow down the chemicals that start in the body from a brain response, releases through the nervous system, these chemicals of adrenaline and cortisol that take you to fight, flight, or freeze, and also shut down your prefrontal cortex, which is your, your genius part of your brain that you want to have active to be a business owner. You need to have that part of your brain to be able to make good decisions. But stress, literally, I say to people, you have a choice, stress or success, they don't go together. A little bit of stress, yes, because a little bit of stress will help you make things done, like get things done quickly. But continuous stress without a break from it, 90% of illness today is related to stress. Wow. We need to recognize, to recognize that we have to be responsible for our stress levels. We have to be responsible for the decisions that we make for our bodies and breathe and everything changes. 
That's amazing. And yeah, everything that you've said really hits a nerve with me <laughs> today, <laughs> especially this week has been very stressful. And um, ironically, it's not because of my business. It's because of just, you know, the kids fighting and all of those things all the time. So yeah, I, I think everything that you've shared will help everyone that's listening and how can people get in touch with you if they want to work with you or um, learn more about what you do? Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. So my website is dianalockett.com. So D-I-A-N-A-L-O-C-K-E-T-T.com. And um, I will be launching a, uh, I'm taking most of the summer off. I'll do a little bit of individual coaching. So if someone is looking for some individual coaching, I do three-month coaching blocks. Because if I can't make a difference in your life in three months, I'm not using the right techniques. We're not doing, we're not matched. So I do a, a deep dive session, which is about a two hour session to go into what is it that you need and what is the plan? How can we get you there as quickly as possible? And there's going to be a slowness in the quickness, but it's not like you're going to be in therapy for years. I am not a lifer coach. That is not my style. Um, I do business coaching. I do personal development, spiritual mindset coaching. It's all tied in together because how you are and who you are impacts your business. But I also can give strategies on how to support the expansion of your business in terms of you know, how to find your target market, how to identify your avatar how to write those messages. This is where I bring my speech pathology communication expert hat. How do you write those messages that are going to really land in people? And so everything I do is really from a heart-centered place. And then um, in the fall, I'll be running women's coaching programs. So this is for small groups of women to come together and have group coaching because I believe strongly in the amplified field in community that we can, we can really create change faster. I also run teacher training programs for 200 hour yoga teacher training program and 300 hour yoga teacher training program, which is the next step, which is a much deeper process. And in the fall, I'll be running a coaching certification program because I'm Canada's only realignment coach and I want to have other realignment coaches in the world. And so I'll be doing a certification program so people can connect through me through the website and send me a message, um, follow me on Facebook. I have a page, but I don't use it much. So it's usually my personal Facebook uh, page, which is dm.locket. I have a Facebook group called Realign to Thrive with the trademark symbol. You can join that group. That's where I post coaching um, content. And um, yeah, I'm launching a book on Friday with the Ignite series. Ignite is a publishing company. The book is called Ignite Possibilities. And this is getting launched on May 28th. And if you're watching this after, which you likely are, you can still go back and look for the book. It will be on Amazon. And we're, I'm just working with the publisher right now to create an opportunity where the num with each book sold, we will be working towards building a school. So I'm in conversation right now where exactly it's going to be probably in Cambodia um, building a school. So the books will somehow be contributing to some educational impact because I've been an educator for 32 years. It's in my blood and I really want to see kids succeed. 
So we are going, we're just putting that together in the next day or two. And then in the fall, I'll be launching a book with Les Brown. And um, the chapter of that book is the gold is in the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I can't wait to read it. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to read the other two books as well that you've already done. Um, And the one that's coming out soon, a couple days. So thank you so much, Diana, for being here and sharing your wisdom um, and your knowledge and your expertise with us. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for everyone who's listening. And um, just remember, breathe and everything changes. Don't forget to join our Facebook group, Mastering Google My Business to increase your revenue. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash learn GMB and you will be able to network with other business owners and learn all about the latest and greatest updates to Google My Business. See you there.